you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Somebody help me just take a moment and magnify the Lord today. Would you do that? Would you just let praise out of your heart this morning unto the Lord? God, you're worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. We praise you today. We honor you, Lord. Many, many, men. We're glad you're here this morning. I'm going to do my best to not offend anybody today. I did a wedding yesterday. Some spirit came over me. I don't think it was the spirit of prophecy, but I spoke 11 kids over the young couple getting married, and I think I offended half the congregation. So I'm going to do my best this morning not to speak 11 kids over any of you that are still in the age. Isaiah chapter 41, if you have your Bibles today and would turn with me, Isaiah 41, verse number 10. Isaiah 41, verse number 10. The Lord spoke five things here that I want to point out and draw from this morning in Isaiah chapter 41, verse number 10. The Lord said, fear not. Here's the first thing he said. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Here's the next thing he said. For I am thy God. Then he said, I will strengthen thee. Yea, number four, I will help thee, yea, number five, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The Lord said, I'll be with you, I'll be your God, I'll strengthen you, I'll help you, and I'll uphold you. When the waves of life come Upon us like a raging flood, the Lord has promised that he will still be in charge. He's still in control. He's still working everything for our good. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for your word today. Help me to speak this morning under the influence of the Holy Ghost into hearts that are open and hungry for the word of the Lord today. 
Let there be a word of encouragement come to those that need it, a word of healing come to those that need it. Let salvation come to those who are hungry for salvation this morning, deliverance to the captive today. We honor you. We give you glory and praise in the wonderful name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them God is still in charge, and then you may be seated. Amen. Sometimes it's easy to feel like the world has overcome us, but the Bible tells us that we will overcome the world. It's easy to get these things wrong because we often live by feeling and not by faith. When troubles come against us, oftentimes troubles feel like defeat. Am I in the real world? Oftentimes troubles feel like defeat. The, the greatest thing that the people of God have is the writer James told us that life is but a few days and full of trouble. Let me unpack that for you. Life is full of trouble. The blessing is it's only a few days of trouble. But we have a promise of eternity to be with the Lord. Whatever worries you, whatever causes you great fear, I want you to understand this morning that God has declared that He is in control of it all. I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. What else do we need? David said in Psalm 118 in verse number 6, he put it like this, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Whether you believe it or not, God is in control of everything. God reigns over life and God reigns over death. God is still in control. What you and I are afraid of, God is not afraid of. What you and I are suffering from, God is in control of it. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, whatever frustration you may feel today, whatever weakness you may feel today, I came this morning with a word from the Lord to strengthen somebody and tell you that God has sent you some promises in this black back book that says to you this morning, I am with you, I'll be your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with his own right hand, he says. This isn't a man speaking about what a man can do for you, but this is a God that is declaring, I am still in charge of everything. David declares in Psalm 103 and verse 19 that indeed God reigns or rules over everything. 
If God indeed does, and we know that he does, rule over everything, why do so many of us in this modern day doubt what we're going through and doubt God when we are going through it? If God is truly in control and reigns over everything, then why do we see so many in this modern world emboldened in their evil? It seems like every form of media present or presents a foolishness of men defying God and the ways of God. This out-of-orbit world so quickly can cause us to get our focus on everybody that is adding to the evil that is in the world. The evil in this world stands as an absolute testimony of the fact that God has been diminished in the minds of many. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were blessed to spend three days with our sons in Washington, D.C. Everywhere you turn, you see the resemblance of a country that was founded on the principles of in God we trust. Everywhere you turn, you see something that reminds you that there is a God that is in charge of everything. But we have watched the world diminish God. They now fail to see God ruling over everything. They rather in their minds, I believe that so many in the world question the very existence of God. Is God real? Does God exist? They see him more small than they see him giant. They see him more weak than they see him powerful. They think that God's ear is too deaf to hear their cry, that his eye is too blind, they think, to see their plight of where they are. His arm, they believe, is too short for God to reach to their situation and their dilemma. They believe that his heart is too small to understand them or to love them where they are. This emboldened lifestyle of so many in the world today, particularly of those who are in high places of authority, stands as a silent witness of their views of God. Our governmental system seeks to belittle God. They scoff at the idea of God. They blaspheme His name. On Friday, as we walked through the city of Indianapolis to go to a restaurant to celebrate our son's birthday a day early, as we were walking through, there was a group gathered at a specific monument. We walked on the other side of the street as I saw what was happening, not wanting to engage, as there was a group there once again defying the monument and defying everything that America stands for when it comes to godliness. Hollywood, the media, the political arena seemingly have waged war on everything that represents God and any form of righteousness. 
They celebrate the unholy and they magnify sinfulness. There appears to be a conspiracy of darkness and evil that puts a distance between God and His Maker. And even some in the church, if you please, if I may this morning, even some in the church have separated themselves and pulled themselves away from the church, pulled themselves away from God. They try to stand as an island to themselves. They try to pull themselves away. I don't need friends in the church. I don't need connections to the things of God. And instead of consulting God first in the midst of their dilemma, God becomes the last resort. Instead of praying first, after we've tried everything else, then we say, let us pray. The world seems more ready to turn to God in trouble, but oftentimes not turn to Him at all in triumph. We make room for Him in when our world is collapsing, but God can even elbow His way into our lives when everything is going well. We call on God when our world has fallen in upon itself, but we deny Him in the festivals of life. We overlook God as being our first choice, but we don't understand His delay when He is our only choice. Some time ago, I was counseling in my office and my wife was in there with me. And at the end of a dilemma that left me questioning and wondering and really honestly not knowing what the next step was, I looked at the fine couple that we were counseling with and I said, well, all we can do is pray. My wife immediately without thinking stepped in, which is not a common practice when I am counseling, she stepped in immediately and she said, no, prayer is the best thing that we can do right now. Not the only thing, it is the best thing we can do. Why do we put God as the last thing we do and as the last resort? resort. Why don't we say we are putting God first? We are praying first. We are trusting God first. I'm reasonably certain that our blurred view of God is not a coincidence at all. God has become very small in our sight because we are viewing God from so very far away. God has dwindled in our thoughts because we have moved farther away from God. Instead of God being the center of our life, the central focal point of every day of our life, we give God not our best, but we give God what's left over. 
We don't make God first. We don't put God first. We put God as the byproduct. If anything's left after work, after time with family, after everything else, when God says, I will not tolerate anything being before me. It was his very first commandment. He is calling himself to be first and foremost in our life. I believe God has dwindled in our thoughts as we have isolated ourselves, moved ourselves away from God, moved ourselves away from the church, moved ourselves away from godly friends. And now God seems so small in our eyes because we are viewing him from so far away. But I want to preach hope into this great congregation today because the Bible tells us that if we will draw nigh unto God, then he will draw nigh unto us. Let me help somebody this morning. That means every time you take a step toward God, God's not running from you, but he's taking a step toward you. Every time you make a move toward God, he's not angry at you and standing saying, I'll see if they're going to step again tomorrow. But you take a step today and God takes a step toward you because I'm telling you it doesn't matter how far you've gone and how deep and dark the sin may be. Mercy is looking for you. Grace is running running to you because he is in charge of everything. Oh, give God praise this morning. In 1969, when Neil Armstrong first stepped on the moon, he wrote these words, one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. In 2018, Stephen Hawking celebrated as having the highest IQ in the history of man, declared there is no God. Mistakenly, man has managed to muscle God out of the equation of life. Man has pushed God out of their very own life. It is man that they think that rules over the festivals of life. God is no longer a consideration in the minds of so many. People today seem Someone even wrote that the church, the things of God, Christianity in of itself was more for the feeble-minded. Call me feeble-minded if you please. But I have learned and I have found it true that God has been faithful in my life. When I am weak, he has been my strength. When I'm discouraged, it has been God that has encouraged me. 
When I am down, it has been God that has strengthened me by his right hand. Come on, I want to tell you every promise in the word of God is not for another generation, but it's to this generation. It is to you. It is for your family. It is for your children. It is to bring peace into your life, peace into your mind. It is for you. It seems that God has become a power of ancient history, but far too antiquated for this modern day. As a society, I I know we've moved far away from God. Then we wonder why so many lives are full of despair with no peace, no victory, no joy, no excitement, and no enthusiasm. I believe the reason is the same for both. It's because we're looking at God from too far away. Psalm 73 said, For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. I'm not making this up. This is in the scripture, Psalm 73, verse 27. For they that are far from thee shall perish. But verse 28 begins and says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. Why, pastor, why do we have altar calls every week? Why is there a constant call to prayer? Why are we beginning a Monday, first Monday prayer meeting next year? Why, why, are we going, why do we do all of these things that's constantly calling us to, to, toward God? Because when we draw nigh unto God, we will discover it's good for us to draw nigh to Him, to draw near to Him. Because when we draw nigh unto God, He comes nigh unto us. Thomas was comfortable with his criticism of the fellow disciples. He said they were dreaming. He said they were imagining. They were covering up for their own failure to follow Christ. He said, I will not believe except I thrust my hand into his wounds. And he was, he, he was bold in his unbelief. He says, I got to feel the nail scars in his hand. Thomas was bold in his unbelief, but when he came close to where he was and when he saw him up close and personal and when he placed was close enough to place his hand into the nail-scarred hands of Jesus and to thrust his, his hand into his side and feel the scars where he was wounded. At that point, Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Oh, how perspective changes when we understand that when we get close to God, everything seems to change. Our whole perspective seems to change. When our distance from God changes, our perspective of God changes. I wish somebody in this room today would make up your mind. I'm tired of living on the fringe. I'm tired of living out on the edge. I'm tired of saying, well, what is the boundary and let me live on the edge of the boundary. I'm reaching for somebody today and I'm calling somebody today from the fringe of Christianity, from the edge of the church, from the periphery 
peripheral of the things of God. I'm calling somebody today to come running to the middle of what God is doing and say, I don't want to be on the edge. I want to. I don't want God to be diminished because of my distance from Him. I want to be as close to Him as I possibly can. I wish somebody would decide to get close to God today. Get close to God today. I counsel with people who are going through problems and often hear, well, I'm not as close to God as I should. That is usually the problem. That is 99% of the time the problem because when we get close to God, everything changes. Life looks different. Problems seem to resolve. Our outlook changes. It's all about our distance from God. When Elisha the servant was withering at the side of the Syrians, the prophet's cry was, just open his eyes that he may be able to see. And the Bible said, and when he drew near, there is the key, when he drew near, he saw the flaming horsemen and the chariots of God standing guard over God's men. The highest thing that Job in the scripture, the highest thing that Job in his day could imagine were the stars. And Job said, I beheld the moon and the stars. And he said, does God not reign over all of them? Isaiah said it like this, whom will you liken unto God? Or what can you compare unto God? Because God rules and reigns over everything. I'm coming this morning to preach hope and faith into somebody's life. There is nobody like Jesus. He is still in charge. The sickness in your body is not in charge. God is still in charge. The hurt you feel in your spirit is not in charge. God is still in charge. God is in charge of whatever you're facing today. God is in charge of the pain that is in your life. A few years ago, scientists at NASA were astonished at man's ability ability to take pictures of stars. But let's not forget that while man is rejoicing at the ability to take pictures of stars. God made them. And when he made them, he made them with the power of his spoken word. And Job said, all we've heard so far from him is just a whisper. (laughs) He spoke stars into existence that man has spent years with technology just to take a picture of them. But he spoke it with a word. But Job said, and that word was just a whisper because his voice has not thundered yet. He has not spoken the most powerful word yet. I come this morning to tell you wherever you are in life, whatever you're feeling today, whatever you're going through to every online listener this morning that may be at home suffering and struggling, I come today.
today to tell you God is still in charge. God is still in charge. Run to God. Draw close to God. When you draw close to Him, He will draw close to you. When you reach out to Him, He will reach out to you. I don't know what you're experiencing today or what you're going through today. You may be under the load of it, but God is in control of it. God is not fretting over what you're stressed about. He's not worried over the things you're worried about. God's not afraid of the things that you're afraid of. I won't be much longer this morning. but The Apostle Paul declares that God is in control. Here's what he said. Ephesians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles and want to mark it in the Scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. Far above. Everybody say far above. That sounds like God's in charge. Far above all principalities. You know what that is? That's powerful demonic forces of hell. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that world to come. Can I stop and just preach here just for a moment? Can I tell somebody today that whatever the problem is, you ought to speak it out right now. You ought to, you ought to just speak it whatever it is. If you're struggling, if it's cancer, you ought to speak the name of cancer. If, if it's, if, as long as it's not your spouse, you ought to speak the name of it. You ought to just speak the name of the problem, the, the, the grief, the sorrow, the pain, the worry, the anxiety. Somebody said to me, I'm not one to, to deal with anxiety, but recently I've been dealing with anxiety. It's not like me to go through that. Then you ought to speak the name of anxiety. You know why? Because he is Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's talking about forces and authorities. He is far above all of those. Every name that you could possibly name. He is far above it. If you want to know what God's in control of, he's in control of whatever you just spoke in your spirit. The worry, the grief, the fret, the pain, the agony, the suffering, the disease. God is far above it. He's in control of it. Verse 22, and, come on, read this with me now, and hath put most things, has put the majority of things in life. He has put all things beside him, over him. He has put all things under his Lord, have mercy. I come to tell you that whatever you just spoke, God's already put it under his feet. And he is the head over all things ah, to the church. That's to me and you. Whatever you're dealing with, God is the authority over it. God is in charge of it. God has it. Woo, somebody ought to thank God today because God's in charge of it. He's over it. It's under his feet, you ought to rejoice in the Lord today. 
I'll stand to your feet with me. I submit to you a Savior that's not limping along like we are. He's not worried like we are. He's not surprised like we are. But he is in charge of everything. Somebody just lift your hands where you are right now. Somebody right now ought to let the strength of the Lord come to where you are, right to that pew where you are sitting, where you are standing. The Holy Ghost is in this house to strengthen you right now. Why don't you reach over to that neighbor and take them by the hand and pray the prayer of faith over them. You don't even have to walk to the front because help can come to you right where you are. Ah, God has in control. God has got it in charge. He has it under his feet. God is in control of it. Go ahead right now. Go ahead and thank him for it. He's making a way for you. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter the pressure, God's got it this morning. There's nobody like Jesus. He reigns over everything. He's put it all under his feet. There's nobody like Jesus. There's none like him. And he's in this room this morning. If you're in this house today and you don't know the Lord, you ought to know Him. This Jesus I preached about this morning that's put everything under His feet, He's for you. He's not against you. He is for you. He's not against you. You ought to just look at your neighbor and tell him, God's for you, not against you. He's working it for your good. Don't be offended over what you're going through. I don't have the answers to the why of everything in life, but I can tell you that God's for you. I can tell you that God's with you. He can turn your mourning into dancing. He can turn your sadness into joy. He can turn your darkness into light. Your problem's not too big for God. You're not such a mistake and a mess up that God's going to walk away from you because God specializes in broken lives. He specializes in putting lives back together. The enemy doesn't have control. He's not in charge. It's God. God is in charge of everything. There's hope for you today in this house, my friend. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Nobody in the room's moving right now. I want to speak to every person in this room today that needs to take a step of faith toward God. I open these altars right now and just to say to you, There's help for you, but God's waiting for you to take the first step of drawing near toward Him. All over this building, from the front to the back, without even thinking about it, don't take a second thought, because that first thought in your mind to step out this morning is the right decision to make. You ought to step from where you are right now. Saints, sinner, cold, lukewarm, or those that are on fire for God ought to take a step this morning and say, I'm drawing near unto the Lord today. I'm drawing close to Him today because life has been overwhelming me, but I'm going to come today knowing God has an all in control. Come on, join these that are here. Don't take a second thought about it today. Step forward where you are. Leave the always open room for everybody to come and gather in this morning. We're not coming back tonight, so let's do it all this morning. 
Let's come pour it out to the Lord. If you want to come and kneel, if you want to come and stand, let's just turn this house into a prayer room right now. Let's turn this place into a prayer room right now. God is in this room to strengthen you. He's in this room to help you. He's in this house to encourage you today. He loves you. He cares for you. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Oh, come on, somebody talk to the Lord this morning. Lift your prayer unto the Lord. Nobody looking around. Nobody being distracted today. Come on, one mind and one accord in this house right now. Let's seek the Lord together right now all over this room. Oh, that's it. That's it. Don't be afraid to lift your voice. Don't be afraid to cry out to the Lord. Don't be afraid to let your heart speak out to God this morning. Come on, everybody in the room right now. He is for you. He is for you. He's on your side. He's working it for your good. Oh, yes. Come on, seek the Lord today. Seek the Lord today. Seek the Lord today. Oh, yes. Our God yes. is yes. in control. Yes. Come on, seek Said the Lord Seek the All Lord today. All things are possible. Come on, I want you to open your mouth and speak these words this morning. Nothing's impossible. Say it loud enough for your neighbor to hear it. Nothing's impossible. Come on, let's just thank him for it this morning. Let's give him glory and praise today. Oh! 
want you to grab somebody by the hand right now. Everybody get with somebody. Put a hand on a shoulder. Take them by the hand. Just connect with somebody all over the room right now. There are many among this congregation. Some are dealing with health issues, family problems, financial struggles, loss, grief, anxiety, mental, spiritual, physical. Far too many situations for us to name them all. I have preached into the atmosphere this morning that God is in control of not some of them, but all of them. And I want us to join together as an army right now. And I want you to pray for your brother or your sister right now. And I want you to pray the help and strength and healing of God to come right now. Would you pray that right now? God, you are in charge of every one of them. There are too many for us to call everyone by name. I come against every spirit of sickness, every emotional stress. I come against heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease. I come against cancer this morning. I come against frustration and anxiety. I come against depression. Right now, in the name of the Lord, every financial struggle and stress, every marital issue right now, in the name of the Lord, every stronghold is to be broken right now by the power and authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. That stronghold is being broken and coming down right now. We exalt you, Lord. We lift you up, O oh God. We exalt you, Jesus. You are on the throne. You are alive. You are well. You're working it for our good, and we give you glory. And we give you praise. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Come on, somebody, just praise him for a moment. Thank him and receive it. If it's you this morning that needed that prayer, you ought to thank the Lord for the answer is on the way. The answer is on the way. The answer is on the way. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just thank the Lord this morning. Come on, just thank Him. You ought to praise Him this morning. I believe God's done something this morning. I believe God has done something in this house this morning. I didn't intend to share this testimony. Last week on Monday, I had a doctor's appointment. I had shared with a few of you. The doctor, I had gone in for an MRI some time back, and the doctor had told me that I had three ruptured discs in my neck. C6 and C7, I had a ruptured disc on each side of my neck. And at C5, C6, I had a ruptured disc on one side of my neck. And it told me it would be about a three-month healing process once they did surgery, that there was no other option other than surgery to be able to repair the issues. Many of you know for some time I've dealt with a lot of pain and struggle in my neck. And, of course, it goes into my shoulders, down my arms, and into my hands. And at times... The feeling in my hands and the sensations in my hands go away. I'll drop things because I, I don't have the feeling or know how, how much that I'm, how strongly I'm gripping something. 
And I was quite worried about it, and we've been praying about it, and some have been praying with me about it. Finally, my family doctor said, it's time for you to have something done, sent me to a specialist. So I was on schedule to go to a specialist on Monday, I believe week before, not, not this past Monday, but the week before. And I was on schedule to go to a surgeon, and they were going to look at everything and schedule me for surgery, and we were trying to decide on a date that I could take three months for this long recovery. And I had already met with, with a surgeon. They had already pointed out all of the problems and what was to be done. I had a young man that called me and asked me to meet him in Indianapolis, and I met him in Indianapolis, he and his wife. And I haven't shared this with them yet, and I plan to share that. I, I intended to share it this morning, and I got busy and was unable to. I wanted to share it before their, before their service this morning. We went to eat, I think it was Cheddar's that we went to, south side of Indianapolis. We finished eating and had a great time of fellowship. And after eating, we walked outside and standing out front, we closed the restaurant as normal. We're standing out front, and I just mentioned I have a doctor's appointment on Monday, and they're going to be scheduling this and do be in prayer for me. And Brother Sims just looked at me, and he was very unassuming, and he just said, do you mind if I pray for you right now? I said, no. He boldly laid hands on me, put one hand on my neck, one hand on my shoulder, and he began to pray. And he began to pray with authority in the name of Jesus. I lifted my hands. I'm standing literally 10 feet in front of the door of Cheddar's. People were coming in and out. I don't know what they were thinking. I lifted my hands. He was, the Holy Ghost just moved. I felt the touch of God standing right there. Felt the touch of God. We finished praying and said our goodbyes and took about three steps. And I turned to my wife and I said, boy, I just felt something powerfully when he was praying felt this warmth come down my spine. I felt something. And she said, you should tell them. And I just turned around and yelled kind of a half across the parking lot and I just said, thank you for praying for me. I really felt something in that prayer. Monday I went to the doctor and they pulled out the chart looked through my charts and they pulled up the MRI we were, we were there. Now, remember, this MRI had already been done. We were there to schedule surgery. So I went back in for testing and for them to schedule. And this was at a different doctor because I wanted to use a different network for my insurance to work. And so they have to do their own things. And so they came in and sat down and they pulled up on the screen and said, Now, tell me again what they saw in the last MRI and I said two ruptured disc and at C6, C7 one ruptured disc at C5, C6 the lady looked at me kind of funny and she it was a large screen she blew it up it was like life size and she said I'm trying to see what they see because I don't see anything here
She said, I, I, I see something that probably is a genetic issue that surgery probably isn't going to help anything to do with this genetic issue. And I see a little bulge going on up here, but it's not even at the point that they had originally diagnosed. I came this morning with no intention of sharing that with you, but I want to tell you that prayer still works, and it may not be in the sanctuary. It, it may be standing in a restaurant parking lot, but God is a healer, and He's in charge. And I said, what do I do? And she said, you don't need to do anything. She said, start an exercise program, lose some weight, get in shape, take care of yourself. If you have any problems, call me back. But I'm not doing surgery on you because you're not a, she said, you're not eligible for surgery by what I am seeing. Hey, it doesn't matter what the doctors say. God is in charge. God is in charge. Come on, give God praise. Whatever we prayed for, whatever you spoke, I want you to walk out of here in faith. Here's what I believe. I believe God answered that prayer because I spoke it. After telling my wife all through the weekend, I told several people, I said, I was prayed for in front of Cheddar's. And I said, I felt the Holy Ghost move on me. And I said, I'm expecting a better report when I go in. I'm telling you, God is still in charge. That situation you're worried about, I want you to start walking by faith and just saying, God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. Oh, I could stay here all day and just thank the Lord. But one more time, would you just praise him with me and thank him for his excellent greatness. Thank you, Jesus.